Company Watch Financial Analytics. Hello and welcome to the third episode of our Company Watch Coronavirus podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning. We're recording this episode on Thursday, the 9th of April. And today we're going to be talking about the ways in which medium to large size businesses are going to try to fund their way out of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we've got a number of themes here. So the first thing we're going to look at are the the really kind of the multinational enterprises who've got existing facilities to draw on. Then we're going to look at some of the equity raises that have started to happen over the last days and weeks. So we've seen WH Smith, ASOS, Carnival, all going down the, the, the equity raise route. And then third, we're going to touch on an idea that George Osborne, the former Chancellor, has has floated about this idea of a national equity scheme. And that really is starting to address the problem that I think in government has also started to to raise its head, that short-term borrowers face this issue of how do you repay a loan that you've taken not to invest in revenue generating activity, but just to keep your head about, above water? How, how does that loan not ultimately become a millstone around your neck? So what, what other alternatives are there to having this, this, this borrowing on, on balance sheets that in a year or, or, or two's time is going to start um, to, to really be crippling? So, Nick, perhaps you can can have a, a, a brief overview of those of those three points for us. Yes, certainly. Um, thanks, Joe. I, I think if you if you look at the the first category, the you know the, the big boys, um, I mean, it is astonishing. You come to realise exactly how strong and how resource rich these companies are, um, whatever their problems uh, may may be in the pandemic, and in fact, for some of them beforehand. Uh, and, and I'm going to look very briefly at the the big uh, automakers because uh, there the numbers are eye-watering and it just shows what big companies uh, can, multinationals can do. I mean, the, the, the daddy of it all is uh, Volkswagen, um, which reported, you know, when people started raising questions about how they were coping, reported that they had 20 billion euros of credit lines available to wow. them. Um, and, and if you think that isn't big enough, Renault, of course, very much um, uh, a, a, a very much a state-supported enterprise, if not owned enterprise. Um, the French government um, immediately stepped in when things started to get difficult, and and are providing um, guarantees, loan guarantees to Renault of three hundred billion euros. Goodness me! I know it's a, extraordinary, but you is. know, look at some of the other um, companies, Toyota. Um, uh, is raising nine billion in extra dollars in uh, new credit lines. Nissan four point six uh, billion. Um, General Motors uh, just blithely announced, uh, I think, about two days into our lockdown here, that they had drawn down sixteen billion dollars on their credit existing credit facilities, as though it was the most natural thing in the world. Similar thing, sort of magnitude from Ford. So I think with the big boys. Um, the, uh, the the funding is there, and and they're seen as being so systemically important, and 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 with a future, albeit in the auto industry, with lots of challenges um, before this. 
of course, we could talk about the airlines, but that's very much we're into government bailout territory, which is Absolutely. not really what we want to talk about. So, no. Uh, here. no, it's looking at the, their own resources and their own you know, no. ability to, to pull themselves. Absolutely. But what, what is really interesting is what has started to happen just literally in the last, well, this week, um, starting on, on Monday, um, WH Smith was out of the blocks, um, talk about the first mover on something. Um, in, first of all, it was really cleverly done from a tactical point of view. Um, first of all, negotiated a £120 million extra credit line with its lenders, mm. said it was um, dependent on equity fundraising, and then the next morning turned around to shareholders and said, um, what you got? Um, we need, you know, we you have to put more money in. And they dutifully came up with £166 million worth mm-hmm. of new equity. Um, That's quite a, quite an impressive turnaround, isn't it? Goodness. It's an incredible turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for a, for a company that in company watch analytical terms is uh, one of our favourite things, a water skier, with a really ropey balance sheet, yeah. but a great profit line. And yeah. I think what what they were tapping into is they're saying to shareholders and their lenders, look, we, we've always been good at making money. We're going to have a blip. And they announced that they had expected their revenues to drop 90% in April. That's right. And that yet, was a profit warning that was a yeah, bit early on in March, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And and so what they're really saying to the shareholders is, we've been around forever. Um, we've made money consistently for a long time. Um, we will do so again. Just tied us through, and and the shareholders and the lenders bought that. Mm, actually, you know, let's face it. There's no certainty at the moment. We're you know, in normal times, if that had happened. For, for another reason, that might have been a much trickier thing to sell, mightn't it? But but yeah. actually, you've got somebody who's managed <coughs> to negotiate a credit facility. It's got a story to, yes. to sell, yeah. and you've got investors who are, who are, haven't been overly um, overly asked for for money now, at we'll, the moment. Well, we'll come on to that. Um, yeah. um, ASOS, the second one. Um, uh, it, it's sort of difficult to see why ASOS needs to raise. Um, you know, they've raised about. 247 million, I think it is, they've raised in a, in, a, in a rights issue. And again, another canny, canny bit of, uh, of, of shareholder management. What they said to the shareholders was, um, yes, our sales are down, we're down 20 to 25%. Um, but hey, look, the results to February 2020, so I mean, about as recent as you can get, um, were, f- were nearly 700% up. So it's the same argument. We're a good company. We've got a future. We've had a very successful past. Tide us over it. And this is a company where, um, you know, the, the, the uh, age score on Company Watch is horrible because, of course, it's a company entirely dependent on intangible assets. 72% of its assets, uh, in its, uh, its net worth, is tied up in intangible assets, but Which is it raised development and all that, all know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Two hundred and fifty million uh, uh, quid um, from the shareholders. Thank you very much. Yes, on the ex- expectation that it will return to profit relatively quickly after mm-hmm. this all begins to settle down. So that's the second one. Carnival, the cruise, you know, the cruise mega operator. Yeah. I mean, why would anybody get on a cruise ship ever again? But of course they will because it's you know many cruise line uh, cruise line users have been taking the same cruise for, for 30 years and they will go on doing so assuming they they are strong enough physically and, and, and to survive the um, uh, the crisis so it will happen again and they raised 6.25 billion dollars 
this week. Um, you know, and but interestingly, they had to trim the equity part of it. They were going to raise 1.25 billion uh, in equity as part of the original package. Had to scale it back to only half a billion. But they had they had the existing credit lines as well, didn't they? I think we yes, they did. when when the when the news um, first came out, we did a little bit of modelling on looking at their their current facilities, and they're they're strong. I mean, their H at the moment is is sixty nine, and actually fairly balanced profile, um, you yep. know, in terms of balance sheet strengths out and profits, and even with the. 1.5 billion loss and that's down from 2.4 billion profits the previous year they can you know even if not drawing on equity but and the equity part has helped that so I think taking on the debt and equity accommodation will will help that through but of course you know we've got to that relies on the fact that there will be some kind of normal for this for this business model or whatever the new normal is yeah. <clears throat> with, with that and, and I think what you take out of those three cases and and the sort of general whispering in the market is if you're looking at a credit risk or a supply chain risk at the moment of a major company a listed company you need to you know you need to ask yourself some questions first of all you need to be encouraging them if you have a voice in their decision making to go early because i think the the early movers will do really well out of this i think um uh, equity raising will get steadily more expensive as this crisis Mm -hmm. unfolds. You need to not just go early because there's more money available and there's no investor fatigue at this stage. You also need to go for a cynical reason, which is you can use past good results to say, look what a good company we are and what a good management team we are, before you have to start disclosing the full horror of the yeah. damage this thing is causing you, and and I and it was very interesting. Um, the uh, yesterday, uh, one of the major um, fund management companies, Invesco, one of their fund managers wrote to two hundred companies in which he has an investment, and warned them. He wrote to them to warn them. So it's a very specific thing to say. Um, they would need to put in the wording of the letter was a very compelling case. To be raising, and what he what the terms he used were expensive and precious equity, and the word to look at is not the expensive part of that; <clears throat> it's the precious bit. Mm. And what he's effectively saying is, there are two hundred of you out there that I invest in. If you're the two hundredth that comes to me looking for money, or if I think you're one of the ones who's raising more money than you need, you may not like the answer you get. And that's, and that's, a, a, that's a stark warning, isn't it? That it's is a, a really, really mm-hmm. stark warning because there will be opportunists um, and there will be people who will jump on this bandwagon and say, uh, you know, it's never, it's never nice raising uh, equity, equity funding. You know, let's slip this one under the, um, under the radar while there's so much else going, going on. And he's really saying is we're going to be very picky. We can't invest in all of you. Yeah. So just, so just a, a shot across the bow to say that we're actually, yeah. we're not, we're not, going to be frightened into shoring up our, our investments we're actually going to well, be looking on a, on a exactly and, 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 and he's also saying we're not a bottom we're not a bottomless pit of yeah. money you know on that one so i think that's very interesting and we'll see how that plays out how <clears throat> as more and more people come come with a begging bowl asking for more um the last thing that you raised was the national equity scheme the george osborne idea um uh i have to say seeing him um uh put 
put that across on that um, the TV interview. I forget what it was. Was it really? I, I think it might have been PM earlier in the week. PM, I think anyway. it was on PM. Um, mm. And my gosh, um, it, it's a compelling idea because it, it's interesting. As I look around the world and and keep in touch with what's going on, wherever you go now, you are looking at governments being asked to bail out industries. The airlines is the obvious one, which we've already mentioned today. <clears throat> and what you are finding is more and more governments saying, we will support you, but we're not going to nationalise you. Mm. It's a very clear statement. I mean, there are some countries that, that will nationalise without turning a hair, but most, most developed countries really, really don't like that model. And so here you've got a problem. If you know the government's going to put lots of money into the rail companies, the bus companies, um, into charities, for goodness sake. Indeed, yesterday, yeah. Um, but particularly the airlines. Um, I think this scheme of George Osborne's is a great way of saying, we'll take some equity um, in your company. We're not going to take control. We don't want to be involved in the management. And again, he said that specifically yeah. in the interview. Um, but what we can do is we can provide you with money that doesn't um, it doesn't in any way sort of twist your balance sheet, but where we get to share in the upside. Mm. And, that's and, got to be the way, hasn't it, out mm. of this? Because I think it's it's frightening the amount of borrowing that government mm. themselves have got to do to, I guess, take yes. money eventually, don't they? But the amount of of, of debt that's that's going to be taken on, and actually, yep. I think for companies, for individual individual companies, that becomes too much of a burden. It um, does. If you're if you're paying, if you spend the next ten years, we as a country will spend a, a, a great number of yep. years paying this back. But for companies, if we want the economy to thrive, there needs to be more of a, a sense that this is equity and this we we're not yep. encumbering companies yes, do, with the with the debt. Do, do remember it took um uh four, what was it nearly fifty years to pay back some of the funding that the government took on for World War Two. I I remember in the eighties. I remember I think that yeah. was that was that was the last that was some of the last forty five years or, or whatever yeah. it was. It was a yeah. long it was a long a long time. Um, mm. So I, I think it's it's really interesting. Uh, a lot of companies have got to raise money, and uh, you know the early movers and those that are a bit cute about how they do it, um, and who've got a good story to tell. The ones who will struggle will be the ones that were already struggling uh, before this all started, which we've seen with the likes of Carluccio's and and Bright House. And, and more, no doubt. To, and more, to like more last and, week. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Debenhams, why would you... Uh, that, if ever I saw an asset... Uh, um, uh, uh, administration to take advantage to create an opportunity to asset strip uh, something that's it this is it this is it, this is it. well I'm, I'm mindful that we we promised to keep these um yeah. short and sharp so I, I think we wrap up one of the things that we didn't talk about which i think maybe is a, a topic for next time is private equity in this yes. and, and what the the private equity houses are, are going to feel about um this new fundraising round um but we'll come back to that as always yeah. Thank you so much, Nick, for, um, for your, your very interesting commentary. And thank you all for listening. If you do have any ideas for, for topics that you'd like us to cover, please do let us know. Twitter, Company Watch, drop us a line. And we shall be back next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.